With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless mm. speculation. Boy, it's a joyous week in Minnesota sports here. Boys, the Twins just clinched their first playoff series win in 21 years. We got Gophers Michigan this weekend. We got Vikings Chiefs. We're going to get to a lot of this stuff here. It's a reckless speculation Thursday with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. And the Wolves are in Abu Dhabi. I mean, what more could you ask for if you're a Minnesota sports (laughs) fan right now? I agree. How about the Wild? One week from tonight, the opener. It is as busy. I mean, we talk all the time about March, by the way. Happy reckless speculation Thursday, gentlemen. We talk all the time about the madness of March, and there is something to be said about that. But you think about this time of the year when the baseball team is still alive, not to mention, by the way, Monday and Tuesday at Target Center, Big Ten basketball media days. That might rise to number one, actually. Bring it on. I love it. Well, that's because the tournament is here, though, and that's going to be super cool. Now, I know the Gophers are a complete non- factor but i have always said i want the big 10 tournament here in march so i'm very pleased college basketball tournament time to me is great but yes this is this is going to be uh great fun but dude you uh you actually uh tipped phil and i off last week uh, to a very interesting wolves conversation that heck we've been having for quite a while now but it feels like it was on the back burner so tell us what you texted us and where things stand when it comes to the timberwolves ownership situation Well, unsolicited, Judd. It was Tuesday morning or Monday night. Need to go back and look. But, yeah, I forgot to mention it when I joined you guys from Target Field on Tuesday afternoon that there still continues to be doubt about Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, getting all the way to the finish line. The deadline is the end of December. This last payment for them to take over 60% ownership become majority owners of the Wolves. Now, they brought in partners. So I was under the impression with them bringing in multiple partners, 
they would, in the end, find a way to wrap this thing up. But there continues to be doubt. Hmm. And, hey, A-Rod was visible at Target Field this week, so it's not like he's in a bunker. But where has Mark Laurie been? He wasn't at he wasn't at media day, which is fine. But I'm just saying, he hasn't been omnipresent on social media. I just haven't seen or heard much from Mark Laurie going back months. I'm just telling you, until I see this thing actually happen, my tentacles are up. Like there's reason for me, based on a number of people who have their fingerprints on this thing, plus others secondhand that I trust, that I go back many, many years with, league people that just are raising doubt. So I'm not saying it's like not going to happen. I won't recklessly speculate like that. I'll just continue to say the amount of people that I'm telling you that I don't initiate these conversations via text, they reach out and say, hey, you'll want to continue to track this. Like, there just isn't any sort of guarantee that Glenn Taylor will become a limited partner come end of December. Now, ultimately, if all goes through, it may be more like March, mid to late March, by the time the Board of Governors votes, that the official transaction, you know, takes place. That it's official, right? Mark Glory, Alex Rodriguez, majority owners of the Wolves and Lynx. It may be March, even though the deadline for this last payment is the end of December. But I'm just saying... As we're now, what, 10-ish weeks out, give or take, 10 to 11 weeks out from this final payment, let's just say we all collectively need to keep tracking this. We really do. I'm going to move us safely into a reckless speculation umbrella here. Reckless speculation. If it doesn't happen, would Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez just be high-profile minority owners? And then if it doesn't happen, what would be the main reason why they don't become majority owners? Because they don't, they can't find the money? Mark Laurie got bored because he's got, he's building a new city of the future, and he's, you know, (laughs) what, like, why wouldn't it happen, I guess? Well, I mean, those guys want to become majority owners, right? So it would be for financial reasons. I don't know that for sure, so thank you for extending the reckless speculation umbrella so we're safely underneath that right yes yes so my sense would be financial reasons now they've already invested a good amount of money so i don't see why they would backtrack on that sell their shares right so i would imagine right again reckless speculation but i would imagine after they've invested many millions of dollars why would they then backtrack from that? Mm-hmm. So they could continue to try to move forward, but maybe just not at this deadline. Is it possible Glenn Taylor extends them yet another deadline through this lengthy process? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily rule out any possibility. I'm just saying there is a lot of doubt among many, many people about this deal ultimately getting to the finish line come late December. All right, so this is... Super intriguing. In fact, if if you guys can scoot to the right just a bit, I would like to join you below the umbrella of reckless speculation so I can get involved too. Reckless speculation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right. What I find to be intriguing. uh, Come on, Dex. There's room for you too. Come on back, Dex. Uh, (laughs) What I find to be very interesting about this though, guys, is... 
So, like, let's say, Doogie, your sources are absolutely correct. And, you know, we've talked about this possibility because it was a payment plan. So, like, but when you look at how teams are bought now, in this league especially, right? Like the Suns guy, um, he came in immediately and just, like, wrote out the check. And the next day owned the team. You know, one is uh, Glenn's not getting any younger. And this was a plan. Like, this was not Glenn lost interest in his team. Glenn just said, my family doesn't really want the team. I'm in my 80s. So I've got to do something here to basically bolster the future of the franchise. But the other thing is, I got to think if it falls apart, that you don't want A-Rod and Lori involved as minority owners because the reality is this you can sell this team to a person that can write a check like we've seen it before so like to me it's not an option for glenn in glenn's mind i would hope not an option for him to say well it fell apart you know what i still enjoy this so like to me what's the what's going to be the possibility of the plan here and would you just try and find a person that can come in give you the cash transaction and own a majority stake in the wolves as opposed to like this payment plan of three portions, two of which are done. Yeah. I mean, no doubt in my mind, in fact, Matt, the new owner of the Suns, at one point he expressed some level of interest in the wolves. Jimmy Haslam, who's now got a stake in the Milwaukee bucks, Cleveland Browns owner. He too had some interest at one point point is if Glenn wants to find a new majority owner, Yes. I mean, those people are out there. There are many, many people willing to buy an NBA franchise. That would not be all that difficult. And I do sense that Glenn is ready to find a successor that you're right. He's now into his 80s. He wants to make sure this franchise is in good shape for many, many years moving forward. So it's not like Glenn is reluctant. I just don't know what the language is in the contract. With Mark and Alex, do they have first right of refusal? You know, if this thing falls apart, are all bets off? So if Glenn sells to somebody else, do they then trump the shares that Mark and Alex currently have? Like, I just don't know what that working agreement looks like. But then you think about the trickle-down effect. Like, Tim Connolly isn't here without Mark and Alex. Like, Glenn Taylor wasn't hiring Tim Connolly. In fact, I continue to wonder what that relationship is truly like there are people wondering how solid is that relationship tim with the majority owner at the moment glenn taylor there are other people marquise watts in the organization right we talked about this a few weeks ago i continue to hear it you know schism might be too strong a term but just a divide new school old school some people that mark and alex have brought in some of the people that have already been in the organization I just think there's a lot happening behind the scenes that is very, very fascinating. This is why, I mean, it's just... Now, if Mark and Alex don't have the money and they don't have the group, then so be it. And by the way, if they don't have the money at the discounted price that they're getting the Wolves at, because that's the thing. Which they also realize, Phil, and that's why it was easy to bring in investors. Like, they they have investors, plural. That's why I thought this would always find a way to get to the finish line because of these investors. I had doubts about just Mark and Alex, but once they brought in these investors a few months ago, I thought, okay, that's it. They will now find a way. But I'm just telling you, as we sit here on October 5th, there continues to be doubt. 
Yeah, I can't do another like year or two of Glenn Taylor. I mean, if he wants to if he wants to be a limited partner, minority owner and wear his sweaters and sit in the front row, that's fine. But like I need KG back in the organization in some capacity. I need actual leadership, not just like this sort of like super fan billionaire that's been bumbling around for 20 years. So whether it's Alex and Mark, do we need to set up a GoFundMe for Mark Laurie and Alex? <laughs> or if you're Glenn, this might be great for Glenn, actually, Dukes. If he puts the team back on the market, he might get an extra half billion dollars minimum for this team than when he sold it, you know, with the payment plan a year and a half ago, right? It is pretty ridiculous how much has changed in the last 18 to 24 months in terms of what the value of these franchises are, specifically the Wolves. Yes, there's no doubt in my mind. If you look at the agreement price, Mark and Alex going back 18 to 24 months, whatever the exact number was, was it 1.51? Billion, 1.55. What was the exact number? It was like, it was like a round up to 1.6 or something like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. Well, he can get more. I mean, I don't know what the exact number is. Is it 1.8? Is it 1.9? Is it 2? Is it north of 2? But undoubtedly, Glenn could get more. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, if it came down to it, I have no doubt that Glenn, his people, could find the next, you know, Matt. Sheba, you know, whoever that person is out there that wants to buy an NBA team. I do want, I at the end of the day, though, because you, for as much as Glenn, to Phil's point, has bumbled and stumbled and, and has at times been an embarrassment at certain things, unlike a Donald Sterling, he does care a lot. Like, he, he saved this franchise. He wants what's best. His means of operation are questionable, but I think his heart is in the right place but i want the next person make no mistake to have the equity to have the cash like what i don't want is laurie and a-rod get by by to buy this team by the hair of their chinny chin chin because i will say this there are there are going to be some concerns that this franchise has about local revenues one the building like the building is not maximizing your suites aren't aren't that great so if you're not really, really rich, you're going to run into some, I think, problems there. And the second thing, guys, and this is going to start to come up more and more, and it's going to be a legitimate local revenue problem, the RSNs. The RSNs are going to um, – in fact, I saw uh, Bally's, I think, out in Phoenix pulled out on the Coyotes last night, said we're done, um, and and the Twins – I think are going to be producing their own games, which you know what, in the long term, it's going to work fine. But in the short term, that's a check that is just going away. And in the Mm -hmm. case of the wolves, it's going to be the same exact type of thing. So I want the next person to be funded so well that it's going to, to be, and it's a completely different thing in some ways, but you know, when the Wolves spot the Vikings from red, the Wolves from day one have, have, I don't think had like a cash flow problem, right? Like that's what I want for the wolves. What I don't want is a year in to be like, well, if we don't get a new building, what are we going to do? We, you know, we're, we're going to have have to talk about our options then. So to me, that's the most important thing is the stability financially of the person who buys this team and not to get, go through the ringer again and again and again. To piggyback off this real quick. It's it's just as much about owning a franchise as it is wanting to develop real estate. 
And that was, I mean, that's what I have heard behind the scenes that they're they're actually trying to put together two different groups, one to buy the team, and then another group that may have some overlap, but there could be another group to 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 fund an arena, to fund whatever condos, you know, just shops, whatever it may be. And as I think about that, hmm, okay, looking for if Mark and Alex can't make it happen, looking for ownership group that has experience competently running a professional franchise and understands how to develop real estate. Why don't the Wilfs just buy the Timberwolves? Like, wasn't that a conversation a couple of years ago? TCO, and then they could Arena. they could own East TCO Downtown. They're going they to could Egan. own West Downtown. They're the going North to Egan, Loop, baby. Where, Parking. Love well, it. they could do that, too. They could do that, too. I mean, they love owning the Orlando MLS team, right? So there could potentially be more there. On the TV deal, so the Wolves locally, it's three years remaining with, I guess it would be Diamond Sports Group, Bally's, however you want to term that. The national TV contract is up after the 24-25 season. Think about what that deal is going to look like. Yeah. Another reason why one five one or one five five or one six billion right that glenn can get more because wait until you see the numbers maybe it's flat out streaming maybe it's apple tv or whatever amazon prime but i'm just saying the national tv contract after the 24 25 season can you imagine the billions of dollars that will be in play with that i'm just saying it would not be hard for glenn to find somebody it really wouldn't yeah uh hey before we uh, get to the rest of doogie's scoops here and maybe a little bit more reckless speculation. Let's shout out our friends over at Park Tavern, okay? It's right in the neck of the woods of the Zolgads. We had a great watch party as the Purple picked up their first win of the season last week. But uh, if you want to hang out at the same neighborhood establishment as Judd Zolgad, the sports dad, maybe even belly up and sit elbow to elbow with him. You can do that. Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. That's, uh, That's right. And get so you've got two outdoor bars now, patios, which are great. You've got uh, the the main bar. You've got bowling. The 11th frame in the back room. Great beer. uh, Great specials. Great food. Park Tavern is your go-to headquarters for happy hour. It's your headquarters for for watching the games. Let's say on Saturday, you're like, where am I going to watch all these games? I'm going to tell you right now, Park Tavern is the ideal place. And the other thing is, if you are getting a group together, Park Tavern is a perfect place. And I'm not talking like a small group. I'm talking a big group. I'm talking in a birthday party, anniversary, fantasy league draft. Park Tavern can accommodate large groups. All they need is for you to call them and for a little uh, time to set things up. But it's the headquarters for you for sports, for events, 952-929-6810, or go to parktavern.net, parktavern.net. There's a place for you to put in your group information there and set things up. Park Tavern, St. Louis Park, located at Louisiana Avenue South. Check them out. Sports Dad certainly does. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's start with Vikings here, Doogie. Well, a few more left over on the Wolves. So quickly, oh, the Wolves oh. scouts at Memphis Pro Day, Kentucky Pro Day. 
in the next handful of days. We still wonder about the Jada McDaniels extension deadline, October 23rd. If you look at the free agency class of 2024, it's thin. If you look at the amount of teams that will have cap space, it's borderline plentiful. A lot of teams will have cap space next summer. Now the Devin Vassell numbers officially were filed. It's 5-135. He's not getting to 5-146. But I can just tell you, Jada McDaniels is not signing for anything less than Devin Vassell at 5-135. When I did that social media post back in July, I said, hey, 21 to 24 million. Goes for the 24, but that was more the Wolves hopeful to get a deal done at like 24 a year. The number is going to be closer to 28 to 30 million dollars a year if a deal gets done October 23rd or prior. But I think Jaden, his folks are okay if he gets to RFA restricted free agency next summer. The Wolves also have a decision to make on Wendell Moore Jr., the third year option, whether to exercise that, even though he hasn't done much. It's not a big number. I would imagine they exercise the third-year option, but the decision to be made on that is before the month is over. So something else to keep an eye on. Okay. Good stuff, man. Good good, good Wolves fodder here today. Um, for Vikings, so their season's still alive here. They just they just won their first game. Uh, looks like a pretty clean injury report. There's some guys who are limited here, but da- Davenport came back, was, was excellent with the ankle. Uh, Bradbury is kind of working his way back and Kevin O'Connell talking about how great it's going to be to get him back for communication. I don't know that Ed Ingram was bad enough against Carolina to warrant Reisner starting in this game this weekend, but they did pay him $4 million. So um, what are you hearing in and around this, uh, this Vikings team going into the next biggest game of the year against the chiefs on Sunday? Yeah. So on Wednesday, Reisner got some more first team reps at guard right? I mean, he's gotten reps at both guard spots, but I'm with you, Phil. I mean, I don't think Ingram was bad enough against Carolina where you yanked the starting spot away from him. But Reisner was ready to play in Carolina. There was a surprise that he literally didn't get one snap. And he's going to make, maybe not the full $4 million, Phil, but he's going to make $3 million. So if you're paying that much money, you're playing him. Like, that's been the idea the whole time. So I was surprised. I'll admit I was fully surprised. We didn't see Reisner for at least one snap against Carolina. But, yeah, I think Ed Ingram at this point, like I have no reason to believe that they're ready to to mix up the starting lineup along the offensive line come Sunday. You know, if Garrett Bradbury is okay, he expressed a little bit of optimism, spoke briefly in the locker room on Wednesday. But that back issue, I mean, that's so darn tricky. I talk about the back. You talk about hamstring injuries. Let's see where he's at Sunday morning. I mean, that truly will come down to warm-ups or Sunday, I guess, early afternoon, right, with the 325 kickoff. So mm-hmm. with game day deactivations due at like 1.30, 1.45 on Sunday afternoon, we'll just need to see where he is Sunday morning into early afternoon. But there's a chance that Bradbury is back on Sunday. My understanding on J.C. Jackson traded this week, the cornerback from the Chargers to the Patriots. History with Brian Flores. The Vikings weren't willing to take on the money. So I think if if the Chargers had cut the cord, on J.C. Jackson, there was going to be interest with the Vikings, but in terms of actual trade dialogue showing strong trade interest, it didn't exist. Also on the Vikings, they will have a strong scouting presence at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday. Gophers against Michigan. Nine NFL teams will have a scouting presence, but the Vikings will certainly have a strong scouting pre- presence. If you think about Michigan's roster, they have a stud guard. They have a stud interior defensive lineman. They have like six or seven top 50 to top 60 type players. The quarterback 
is mm-hmm. a borderline first round talent. Michigan has so much NFL talent. The Vikings will have multiple eyeballs on those Wolverines on Saturday night. Oh, love it, man. Hey, Dukes, on on the Twins, who obviously will start their divisional round against the Astros in Houston on Saturday. Rosters, um, much like with first round, rosters are due at 10 a.m. local time on Saturday. Um, what is your sense of alterations since it can the roster at this point can be reset for the second round? What are your understanding or your reckless speculation about how this 26 man might differ from what we saw? Yeah, so when we wrap up, I'm on my way to Target Field. I'll get some FaceTime with Derek Falvey, some others in the next hour to two. So hopefully I'll get a little bit more clarity. I certainly expect some change. Maybe it's just one. Maybe it's Thunderbird out, Ober in. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, okay, Pablo Lopez, like I can just tell you guys, I checked on this. Pablo Lopez, as of last night when he left Target Field, was not told, hey, you're starting Saturday or, hey, you're starting Sunday. So this would be maybe reckless speculation, more a hunch. I think you go Lopez in game two on his Mm -hmm. normal rest. Then he would be available on normal rest in game five. Sonny Gray goes Tuesday, game three at Target Field. So then who starts game four? Who starts game one? Joe Ryan certainly is ready, but I think the conversation you need to have is, okay, Joe Ryan gives up home runs. Houston doesn't strike out. You think about that ballpark in Houston. What's the confidence level in having Joe Ryan on the mound on Saturday afternoon? First pitch a little after 340. Or would you feel better about Bailey Ober on the mound in game one? Or is it Ober game four, Ryan game one, Kentameda? continuing to be in the bullpen. Byron Buxton told me post-game on Tuesday, hey, could I play? Yes, I could play. But can I do everything I want to do? No. So I just have a hard time believing that Byron Buxton is going to be on this roster for the ALDS. He has literally seen like 20 in-game pitches in the last two months. What was it, like three, four at-bats for the Saints at CHS Field? Maybe five. Maybe it wasn't even 20 pitches. He just hasn't done anything in a game for months. So I just don't know how you would make that change. Where exactly would you use Byron Buxton? Who would you take off the roster? So you would put Buxton on and take off Andrew Stevenson? No, that doesn't make sense. You still want Stevenson as a late-game pinch runner. So I just have a hard time finding the spot for Byron Buxton. But I would imagine something like Thunderbird off, Ober on, that Ober would start one of these games. I think the only way I put Buxton on a roster this round or if they get to the next round would be if someone else gets hurt, like if, if Royce's hamstring goes again or something, and now there's sure now there's a need to capture some magic with a bat, you know, and it, it would be yes, a Hail Mary play. Byron literally told me, Phil, I can't do everything I want to do on the diamond. Yeah. Then, to me, you can't put him on the roster. Yep. He goes, could I play? Sure, I could play, but I can't do everything I want to do I just don't know how you would put him on the roster. I really don't. Yeah. Great session here, boys. That was great stuff. I know you got to go. So we'll say goodbye, dudes. Sounds good. I just got an email on the ratings for game one on ESPN, Twins and Blue Jays. Nearly a 40 share (gasps) and six times the audience of the Rangers-Rays game, which was on ABC locally. So interest was there TV-wise on Tuesday. I'll get the Wednesday ratings soon enough, but I imagine it just ramped up, right? I mean, there were some people 
you know, hey, thinking, okay, the losing streak is going to get to 19, then 20, the Blue Jays will win the series 2-0. Well, the Twins win on Tuesday, so I imagine the TV ratings, just interest overall spiked on Wednesday, and now it's even higher today on Thursday. Yep. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can find him every Tuesday and Thursday here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, the Score North YouTube channel. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, dude. Speculation. Love it, boys. I'll be in touch. See ya. See ya, dudes. All right. There he is. Some Wow, some really good, juicy stuff there about aggregators. ownership. Aggregators right now are scrambling, scrambling to their computers to get this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is, yeah. I, you know, it's funny when I, I was at Wolves Media Day, and uh, at one point I was there's like three rows of media seats, and I was sitting next to Ryan Tankey and Ethan Casson, the CEO and the and the uh, COO of the Timberwolves, and A Rod was coming. A Rod was like staying in town for the Twins thing. You know, he wasn't in the building, and I almost I almost asked them, what's like. I don't think we've heard from Mark Laurie in a long time. Like, what's right. the deal with it? It kind of occurred to me, like, I, and then, and then the fact that Dugues unprompted texted us and said the other day, hey, this is something I'm keeping an eye on. Let's talk about it on the podcast. It is kind of weird. Now, Laurie's a really busy guy. He's literally just, like, launching companies. and. But he was here a lot a couple of stuff. years ago or a year and a half ago. There was a time he was here a lot, so you're not wrong. Yeah. So, oh, something to, to keep an eye on there. All right. We got all kinds of other things for you guys today. We got to get recording Purple Daily, another Scorn Our Twin show, uh, formulating plans for a big Minnesota sports weekend. So, no better place to be than Score North this week. If you are a Minnesota sports fan, we got you covered.